Hi everyone, this is Jennifer. And this is Paige, and this is Big Book Energy. Welcome back to our bonus episode for March. Once again, this is a phone a friend bonus episode, which means we have a guest with us here today, uh, and that is Ryan. Hi, this is Ryan. (laughs) (laughs) He has picked out a fascinating book for us this month, Wendy Moore's The Knife Man. And Ryan, I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about why you wanted us to discuss this book. Yeah, so in my uh, graduate work, I did a sort of blanket history of medicine, uh, which I knew that's where I wanted to go from the beginning. But uh, reading this book and sort of allowing it to, over the course of a year or so, sort of letting it seep through the coffee grounds and things, I became interested in the history of surgery. And so... Uh, this is this is the book that sort of started that. If we're going to talk about this is this is the guy who basically takes um, he's basically a one person uh, one person wrecking ball to how surgery is performed. Hmm. The idea of he, he's he is the break he is the paradigm shift away from doing Galenic Cla- medicine, yeah, classical medicine, yeah, yeah. Um, and now into modern. Actually, somebody having the idea of, wouldn't it be a good idea if we knew what the human anatomy looked like before we did surgery on the individual? I mean, fascinating thought. But yeah, so that's that sort of got me down that, that role. Um, it's a fascinating book. Wendy Moore is a fascinating writer. Sometimes I have to mm-hmm. remind myself that she's not a professional historian as such. Yeah. Uh, because all yeah. of her work uh, is just fascinating. But yeah, so that's why that's why I chose the knife man. Man, it's gonna be it's gonna be a long one, folks. You better <laughs> better buckle up, <laughs> buckle in. We open in London, December seventeen eighty five. A cabbie has been allowed admittance to Saint George's Charity Hospital for an orange sized growth behind his knee that is preventing him from being able to work at this point, right? Uh, The surgeon on duty, John Hunter, tells him he has two options. A horrific death from his condition of a popliteal aneurysm. Or most likely horrific death from the cure, which is amputation. However, (laughs) Hunter offers the cabbie a third option. An experimental surgical procedure that could also result in painful death. So just good times all around right no wrong choice here no wrong choice (laughs) the cabbie however is in good hands if any could possibly be found at this time john hunter is renowned at this point 1785 again as one of the best surgeons of his time if not the best but he does come with a bit of a sinister reputation due to his nightly pastime of body snatching Hunter had experimented tirelessly on this exact problem that the cabbie has and thought he had determined a way of saving the cabbie's leg, namely by tying the artery further up in the thigh where it was still healthy and allowing collateral circulation through other blood vessels to supply the lower leg with blood. The procedure was a smashing success. The cabbie healed fully after six weeks and was back to driving cabs. I believe he died like a year later, but it was unrelated to the operation that he had had with John Hunter. So that's our introduction to John Hunter. But first, let's go back to the beginning. John Hunter, as far as I can tell, grew up a bit of a a bit of a hellion. He hated school 
or anything to do with learning more points to possible dyslexia, given that he didn't learn to read or write until his teens, despite being sent to school. But this actually may have worked out in his favor because throughout his, his career, he was unwilling to uncritically accept as fact classical learning. Which, if you know anything about Hippocrates or Galen and their theory of medicine that ruled European thought on the subject for, like, millennia, that was a very good thing (laughs) to not Mm. uncritically accept it. Yeah. (laughs) What he was interested in was the natural world, which he spent a great deal of time observing on his own growing up. Sadly, most of John's ten siblings were dead before he even became an adult. And this was not all that uncommon given the horrific conditions most people lived in during the Georgian period. The amount of disease that ran rampant through the population encouraged Georgian England to be fanatical about health. Unfortunately for them, the scientific revolution had not really made its way into medicine yet, particularly in English-speaking countries. So the 18th century abounded with quack medicines, bloodletting, Lots of emetics or laxatives. So just more fun times for everyone. Thinking back to our The Great Influenza episode, this is sounding a lot like early 20th century medicine in America. It's going to take a while, okay? (laughs) Sometimes the cure is worse than the disease. So just thank your lucky stars and our dear Lord that we have modern plumbing, sanitation, (laughs) public health measures, etc., Accurate. When John is 20, after a relatively aimless life up until that point, he writes to his older brother, William, who had already set up a medical practice in London, complete with popular anatomy school. This school really was revolutionary in that it was based on the latest knowledge of the human body, had a well-structured curriculum, And students were guaranteed access to their own body to dissect, not watching a teacher from afar as they open up a cadaver that one time in their medical training, or even watching animals be dissected, which is very useful for human surgery, I know. William is dead set on becoming a gentleman fully accepted into English upper-class society, which would be an impressive feat for a low-born Scotsman. Um, And he sees John, with his incredible talent for dissection, as a means to this end. While William teaches classes, builds himself a respectable reputation, and makes a bunch of money off of this school, he leaves the less-than-savory aspects of his business to his younger brother, namely procuring bodies to dissect. So at the age of 20, John is thrust into the seedy underbelly of body snatching in Georgian England. Why body snatching, you might ask? Well, surgeons and anatomists need bodies, obviously. Outside Mm. of the medical field, I think we tend to not think about that too much, especially in modern times. Uh, If you're not like training to become a doctor, you don't really think about how doctors need cadavers. But you know, if you're going to cut into someone, chances are you should know what you're cutting into. Except, like Ryan mentioned previously, most surgeons in the 18th century couldn't really be bothered to learn anatomy. (laughs) Which is crazy. I mean, just... It's insane. So insane. I was reading that and I was just like, how? 
Yeah. How it was like the Pikachu face meme. Okay, I was a Pikachu <laughs> yes. face. Just like what? I mean, it, and it okay. also goes Any- to the to the power of the church at that time. As well, because yes. it was literally like yes. a one-way trip to hell, like a one-way ticket to hell if your body was mm-hmm. was dissected. So nobody wanted that. Yeah. No leaving your body to science. Yeah. Well, and that's, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'll, I'll bring that up in, in a second, too, because I, I had that as part of my notes. You know, there's a lot of difficulties for dissection in the 18th century, uh, just logistical difficulties. You know, you can really only dissect in winter. Obviously, you're not going to be wanting to dissect a body in the heat of summer. There's no air conditioning, obviously. And you really only had about a week uh, after death until they were too decomposed to be of any use. Now, why was it so difficult to get bodies that they needed to be snatched? Well, it was illegal. That's why. On the continent, you know, in France, Germany, continental Europe, Things were a little bit different. People were starting to recognize that surgeons needed to dissect to be good at their jobs. But the English-speaking world was just really backwards. What else is new? Hence, Uh. body snatching. Cutting into the body was seen as desecration, a carryover from the medieval period. Uh, This was why, going all the way back to the Renaissance, artists like Michelangelo or da Vinci had to get access to bodies in secret to improve their skills. Uh, And many believed that if their physical bodies were cut apart after death... Like Ryan mentioned, they would go to hell or they wouldn't be resurrected after Christ's second coming. So as surgeons began to recognize the enormous value that dissection had for their work, more and more bodies were demanded and this illicit industry developed and became more elaborate over time. This was also a very lucrative business for the body snatchers. Uh, And John Hunter was evidently very good at it. William didn't like to get his hands metaphorically or actually dirty. Remember, he wants to be part of high society. So he's happy to drop this responsibility on John's shoulders. And given John's unassuming, rough around the edges type of personality, he got on quite well with the teams of body snatchers that roamed London. So John got immense benefit from his early, early years with William. William sent his brother to train with well-known and respected surgeons, got him various positions so that he could learn more, and of course was the first one to introduce him to dissection, which was John's personal specialty. From these other mentors, John learned to be conservative with surgery, which given the unsanitary conditions of Georgian life, this was another very, very good thing. For the first few years, William and John are doing amazing things. Um, The school is very successful and popular. Uh, They were the first to really systematically begin to prove that certain diseases could be connected to changes in in found in the body. Changes found in the body, like organs, bones, etc. Significant when keeping in mind people still thought disease came from an imbalance of the four humors, which of course are completely made up and not a thing. John also supplied William with the bodies of pregnant women that William needed to be able to later on publish his life's work, a complete anatomical analysis of the womb during pregnancy. Just some archival nerd stuff. This was printed on elephant folio, which is up to 23 inches tall. So this is a very big book. Just, it's a very big book, okay? Yeah. It's cool. I've, I've, it's I've been to the William Hunterian Society at the University of Glasgow and have seen a copy of that, and it is a rather large book. I was gonna, I was gonna ask you if you had visited the, the Hunterian Museum while you were in Scotland. I did. 
I assumed you probably yeah. did. Yeah. Of course I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. His brother's my homeboy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so he publishes this work on pregnancy, basically anatomical changes during pregnancy. However, there is some growing tension between the brothers. John has been working day and night to do William's every bidding for five years now. And he begins to realize that William is kind of exploiting his skills and labor. Obviously, William trained John to dissect, which is great. But he long since surpassed William's level of skill there. And William has the nasty tendency to claim John's work as his own. This leads to ultimately to John enlisting to become an army surgeon because he's tired of William's shit. I will say that in these particular chapters, there was also a lot of information about kind of like intellectual rivalries that the brothers had with others. Um, I just, this summer was already so long. I didn't put that in here. So just keep that in mind. Other people are out there trying to claim everyone else's work and it's a nightmare. Okay. It's a nightmare. When it comes to Hunter's army years, you know, I don't know, like war is hell. <laughs> uh, Hunter, Hunter learned a lot uh, while he was an army surgeon. Um, he found that his observations suggested it was often better to let the body heal itself rather than just go in and start cutting, which often resulted in subsequent infection and death. Um, eventually, though, the Seven Years' War ended and Hunter was sent back to England. This is where dentistry gets involved. If you listening enjoyed today's episode, please do consider leaving us a review, a rating, tell your friends about us, you know, anything helps. Uh, and we do like to get feedback for how we are doing. Uh, if you want to keep up with what the podcast is up to, you can follow us on social media. We have a Twitter and an Instagram, both of them at big underscore book underscore energy. You can also check out our website, bigbookenergy.com, which has all of our different links to the podcast, all the episodes. It has all the old show notes from seasons one and two. And sometimes we do post occasional blog posts on the, the website as well. Uh, and finally, if you are interested in supporting the podcast and getting an awesome book at the same time, you can head on over to our bookshop store, which is going to be bookshop.org slash shop slash big book energy and all of the books that we talk about in our episodes will be linked there and we also have a patreon account if you are not a member of our patreon then you are only getting a small snippet of a much longer episode and if you're listening and you think that you want to be in ryan's position here giving us a book and talking about it with us then you can join our book elder tier you only need to be there for one month and then you get to come on the show Pick a book. We can talk about it. You know, one of my sisters used it for therapy. One used it for an argument. Ryan's using it for intellectual discussion. So we're open to anything. You can head over there at patreon.com slash bigbookenergy and pick whichever tier works best for you. All right, guys. Thanks for joining us today. And we will see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.
not this doesn't have to make it into the final episode but Paige did you did you give us a question no this okay so I can shame you no I'm kidding (laughs) yes you can shame me you can in fact shame me no I think I think we have some we have some uh some good material here regardless because Um, you came up with two of the three of course you're gonna say you have good material (laughs) that was me okay sorry it's good (laughs) I see how it is Um, I see how it is (laughs) 